1: Switzerland! The US go up! What a goal from Carlos Bogonegra! Boy, will try a long What a goal from Lloyd! This is spectacular! It's hit with no regard for humanity! Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is! Switzerland! And Shakiri has scored in the 90th minute! That was worth the price of admission alone! This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome into Soccer Matters here on the in Austin, Texas. A weekend of real excitement in the soccer world here. In the United States and more. We're streaming at hornfm.com. Lionel Messi introduced to Major League Soccer in rainy South Florida. It's all about celebrity. All-star game this Wednesday in D.C. Major League Soccer against Arsenal. Mexico winning the Gold Cup on a Sante Jimenez goal. I'm going to talk about Sante Jimenez tonight and what he has done in the Dutch Eredivisie. And we wonder who was really the Kings of CONCACAF. And I think that can be positioned any way you like it. Did I just say that? Coco Karaschia of Panama named the tournament's top player for his consistent midfield work for one of the rising teams in CONCACAF. Uh, that is the Panamanian national team. So um, good for Coco Karaschia. He is now a a wanted man uh, by a number of different clubs. He's getting tremendous interest. Um, look, He did it all. He switched the point of attack, linked the game, built it up, drove it forward. Great range of passing. Interesting thing is the Dynamo have had a hard time kind of fitting him into their midfield here in Houston in Major League Soccer because of Hector Herrera and Artur. He hit the game-winning penalty also against the U.S. Now in the shop window of the Gold Cup tournament, which has brought a lot of attention to a lot of players over the years. And that's how he got to Major League Soccer in the first place. Probably six to eight million it's going to take him. All right, um, big win for Austin FC, 2-1 to victory over Sporting Kansas City. We're going to take a month off now for the League's Cup. Friday, it's Mazatlan at Q2 Stadium, and then Juarez on July 29th for Verde. We're looking forward to seeing uh, the attendances and if the Mexican League, uh, Mazatlan and Juarez will draw and how much interest they'll be. Austin FC right now, 9-9-5, fifth place in the Western Conference on 32 points, and with all the challenges this year with injuries and transfers and lack of form and all the different things, you're sitting in a good place right now. It's as simple as that. And that's Major League Soccer. All right. Uh, on the show tonight, 146 caps for Mexico, developed at Atlas, played for legendary Club America, and rarefied air won the Bundesliga's title in Stuttgart. He is Pavel Pardo. He joins me tonight. Really interesting interview. I think you're going to enjoy this. And then we'll also have, talking about the Gold Cup and the Mexico victory, Victor Ariza, of the striker. But first, let's start tonight with Austin FC. They start their lineup under Josh Wolf with Jazzy artists. Uh, at the tip of the spear, Brad Stuver in goal. Gallagher, the MLS uh, All-Star, who's in D.C. now. Kip Keller, Cascante, Lima, uh, midfield of Fagundes, Pereira, Wolf, Finley, Triusi, and Zardas, as I mentioned up front. Um, you know, early moments, we're getting Danny Pereira running it into the attack. Uh, we had the Fagundes free kick to K- uh, Kip Keller. I almost said Casey Keller there. How about that? Diego Fagundes was around the play now. It's good to see him now getting fit using the outside of his foot. He was given a lot of room, I think by Sporting Kansas city. And again, with all the volume of games right now, these are the games where you do get another half yard of space and you can get your head up a little easier and a little bit quicker as teams have a, a little bit more difficult time with the volume of games here in getting pressure on the ball. So 17th minute great delivery from John Gallagher. We've seen it just a beautiful rifled in ball, great deliveries artists header. Um, Right at Macintosh, but he gets the rebound scores. It's one-nil. Nineteenth minute Finley, poorly defended, crossed by sporting Kansas City. Ethan Finley has become so important to this team now. So you got two goals in 20 minutes. And that's you know, that's just a big body blow to start the game off. Very tough to come back at this point with the volume of games. Two goals uh inside the first twenty minutes. And by the way, for sporting Kansas City. You know, they've played a lot more games than everybody in the division, like two more games. So these points are even more valuable to them. 33rd minute, Sporting will pull one back. Rosero, the big Colombian defender. Um, A case to talk about zonal marking. It's real easy to just say, oh, he's unmarked. But zonal marking, a lot of times I do believe there is the tendency to drop your guard and drop your concentration. Because you just simply don't have that one-on-one matchup. And I I think most teams are, and I even think Austin FC tried to do this on the play. It was just a missed assignment. But it's a hybrid between defending your six-yard box zonally and then getting one-on-one matchups against the best headers of the ball on the opponent. Well, nobody got near Rosero. You don't often see somebody getting that type of a clear run at a ball on a corner in the modern game. So that makes it two-to-one. And it's a bit of a game on here. And Austin FC will see it out. Rodney Redis almost uh, made it a third. Again, Fagundes, I think, with the outside of his foot. Good work from uh, a very busy, a very active Owen Wolf in midfield. Um, John Gallagher, again, um, doing it as an all-star for this team. Diego Fagundes on the rise now. Uh, Pereira is consistent as ever. Ethan Finley now living up to it in the absence of really performance and now injury to Emiliano Rigoni. So, you know, things um really in a good place for Austin FC based on everything. Now you have to make uh you have time for solutions here and there's not a lot of room to do that. So, club is going to have to figure out the center back position. Um can you still go goal, score goals by committee? I mean, I think that's pretty much What's going to have to occur uh, as is picking off a few as of late. So it's good news now going into this month long break. And by the way, this month long break for leagues cup. And, and I will tell you, I think these games are going to be contentious. I think there's an edict coming down from major league soccer and Don Garber. I think there's an edict coming down from the brass in Liga MX that you are to go out there and win this tournament and take it very, very seriously. I don't think there's any question, and I think you're going to see a number of things happen in a month that will either project MLS teams forward in their MLS schedule when they come back, or it could be a hindrance. Um, that is the risk of this tournament at this time of the year. But you got to go out to win this thing, and I and I think we're going to see the edge. We're going to see the contentiousness. We're going to see the fire. We're going to see, you know, the recreation of USA-Mexico. That's clearly what this is. Who's better? What league is better? All these things that will get fans of both leagues and clubs talking over and over uh, about why one league is maybe better um, than the other. Don Garber, um, because during the MLS All-Star breaks, um, there's always league meetings. So Don Garber said this, and he acknowledged this. He said, quote, the league may look at ways to simplify the rules and become more transparent to help broaden our audience. So that's pretty general. I'm I'm assuming transparency is something we certainly need more of. I don't think there's any question. There's, there's too much underground. I do think in the simplifying of rules and GAM and TAM and all these things, I think that's certainly something that's In order. He then went on to say one of the key subjects at the MLS Board of Governors meeting will be presentation of some things that we are looking at as it relates to our rules and the techniques we go about allocating our resources. So already you got a bunch of people coming out saying, oh, that's just to protect inner Miami so they can get the right support system for Lionel Messi with Busquets and all the other stars that they're potentially bringing there. So whatever you want to say about that. It's it's all pretty general when it comes to comments, so you can kinda shape that and take that in the direction um that you would like to go. By the way, word on the gold cup here and Mexico winning it. You know, that's another one. Are they the kings of CONCACAF? I guess since since the Gold Cup is been positioned the winner as that, but then again, the US put a B team in this. U.S. smoked Mexico in the semifinals, 3-0, of the Nations League. Uh, So, again, you can take that one any way you want to take it. I think the U.S. team gained some experience. Good for Panama. They're on the rise. Uh, Mexico, this is a good stopgap for them. So 180 degrees we go, and everybody with the Mexican national team, are you really out there saying it's all solved and it's all fixed and all we got to do is hire Jaime Lozano now, who, by the way, has not – at this moment of taping this, been hired as the head coach. And by the way, he was interviewed in Houston for an MLS job. And I think there's a lot of uh, consternation sometimes when it comes to hiring foreign coaches in MLS just based on understanding the rules, the regulations. I think he could have been a really, really good fit and could potentially be a fit in the future. Young, ambitious coach, um, is not set in his ways in any way. So we'll see what happens uh, with Jaime Lozano, but good for him as a coach. Um, I mentioned Karaschia took the gold ball. Um, Lionel Messi was introduced. Oh, no, before I get to Messi, Santi Jimenez, one of the top scorers in the Dutch Eredivisie last year. Remember how many people were pining for him to go to the World Cup for Mexico. Mexico didn't get out of the group stages. Uh, he's one to put a circle around and keep your eye on in the future. Very, very talented. Turned the... The Panamanian center back, and by the way, he's coming on late in games. So to do that and win the game, his star rises big. Um, singular play, felt a defender get overcommitted, turned him, took his finish beautifully. Mexico wins the Gold Cup. So Santi Jimenez also somebody that is very, very much uh, on the rise. So congratulations and good for him because I really felt he should have went to the World Cup. Seems like a very humble young man, hardworking young man, and again. Number four in Dutch era de Vise goal scoring in 2022 23. So keep an eye on him for the future. We're going to take a break here again tonight. We've got two interviews. Uh, one, Pavel Pardo, Mexican national team player, Bundesliga winner with Stuttgart from the striker. Uh, we'll do some goal cup talk with uh, Victor Ariza. It's all coming up here. We'll take a quick break. Show, as always, is brought to you by John Daspit and the Daspit law firm, Daspitlaw.com. 512 call now. Call now. They are bilingual. Hey, Austin soccer fans and those listening in tonight, thanks for tuning into the show. We'll take a break. We got more to come. Welcome back to The Horn here in Austin, Texas, as always, brought to you by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLaw.com. 512-CALL-NOW. John and his personal injury attorneys, uh, they are bilingual. 512-CALL-NOW. You get in a car, boat, motorcycle accident, they will handle your case. You need the best. It is the Daspit Law Firm, and I love the fact that they have been putting soccer on the airwaves in both Austin and Houston uh, for many, many years. Okay, next guest from the striker uh, writer that uh, covers the game here in Texas and nationally. He is Victor Arraza. He joins us now. Victor, thank you very much for coming on the show as always.
0: Thank you, Glenn. Always glad to be on.
1: All right. Uh, position in the context of this Gold Cup in the U.S. not bringing their best team, position Mexico winning it.
0: Well, it's a big tie of relief. Uh... You know, all around, right? I mean, it hasn't been the most exciting era for Mexican soccer. Certainly, what happened at the World Cup, exiting in the group stage, uh, was a big part of that. Uh, but now you have, uh, you know, for the first time since 2015, a Mexican coach coming back into the picture uh, that has lifted the spirits of the players, of the fans who who have also had their say of, of the style that Mexico, uh, you know, has sort of been playing. Now they're a bit more explosive, maybe like they were in. in, in you know, maybe gritty, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And certainly they're back uh, atop CONCACAF, at least in the Gold Cup, uh, ninth uh, trophy. And, um, you know, whether you like it or not, it's the one that has a little bit more tradition in the region, right? So at least it gives us some banter to talk about, about uh, who the giant of CONCACAF is. Uh, No, but overall, just good spirit for the team and and a team that needed uh, a big win.
1: Okay, so a big response. We're talking to Victor Ariza, A big response from Mexico. Uh, this is a complete 180 from the fan base because after the U.S. destroyed them 3-0 with the full team, with the full yeah. teams apparently, in the Nations League, Mexican fans were were, were up in arms uh, to the point where, you know, they were at games uh, highly critical, press highly critical. So we do a 180 now, and the Mexican fan is now fully behind uh, El Tree. it seems, again. Is that fair to say or you Know are they just like any other fan? Uh, all we got to do no, is no, no, I think,
0: I think the fan certainly uh, is on board. Um, and they haven't been on board for a long time, right? I think there's been a lot of pushback. Uh, certainly there was with uh, when Juan Carlos Toria was the manager. Uh, you know, the Martino era started a little bit successful, but then there was some pushback right here, especially with last year before the World Cup. Uh, Diego Coca, uh, again, maybe another foreigner. Uh, there was some pushback there uh, and, you know, certainly a smacking three, nothing. Well, well, let me, of let the me US. stop
1: you here, Victor. Let me stop you and just say, but come on, let's, let's put some context to this. How can it all be okay all of a sudden? Cause we did well in a gold cup and, and how can everybody be satisfied? I know the Mexican soccer fan is intelligent. Um, I know they are. So they can't think it's all healed now. It's all been sutured.
0: No, no, it certainly isn't. And I mean, Obviously, the Gold Cup. You know, you can only help who's in front of you, but it certainly feels of a of, of a team that is happy playing for Mexico, right? The players, I think, you you, you sort of see them uh, a, a little bit more relieved instead of maybe worried impatient. patient. Um, you know, the, the style of some of these wins, right? The the four nothing over over Honduras, uh, you know, the, even uh, in a final against Panama, but just the way. He may scored that goal, right? Uh, Sort of taking it on his own, going a little bit of distance, uh, tremendous finishing. I think that's the kind of exciting soccer Mexico fans want to see, and and they haven't necessarily seen that in a long time.
1: Okay, so I'm agreeing with you there. I'm not taking anything away from Mexico, but we also have to put it in the context of some of the competition and we also have to say then, okay, if if the players weren't feeling free and good, then this must mean that Jaime Lozano, who is technically the interim manager, that contract has ended. Then then we have to say Jaime Lo- Lozano has done a great job. So why doesn't the Mexican Federation just come out and hire this guy?
0: Uh, because there's a lot of, uh, of politics, right? I think we've been held this with Mexico. Um, you know, with it, anytime there's a manager you know, maybe there's too many hands in in the kitchen, right? I, I think um, to make a decision um, and that's ultimately what it all comes down to. Who are the owners uh, or the committee or whoever, you know, in charge of, of selecting the national team is going to uh, want to select. Um, that's the big reason why there's still a lot of uncertainty of, of whether Lozano is going to come back or not, why he was, you know, his interim job, uh, you know, had an end date. And obviously now, he has more bargaining power because he has a, a, a trophy in, and he's got the players behind him as well and he's got the fans behind him as well. Um, but we wouldn't be surprised if the Mexican Federation does a 180 and say, oh, we want to go with somebody else, somebody more experienced, because that's, that's unfortunately the way uh, the Mexican Federation is run, in the power of the few.
1: Okay, so here uh, we're talking to Victor Arise of the Striker. So here's something interesting. Ricardo Salinas, the owner of TV Azteca, comes out. He says, hey, we lost the Qatar. Uh, the minimum for Jaime Lozano was to win this. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that comes out, right?
0: Right. And again, and, you know, reportedly he was in the camp of Diego Coca, of selecting Diego Coca. Um, so these are the kinds of things that play here. Um, you know, certainly you have, uh, you know, a, a new executive uh, at the helm of, uh, of the Mexican Federation, and, and there's been some decisions here. I think, you know, obviously Lozano, uh, could help himself uh, tremendously if he won this, and, and I think he has. Uh, but let's let's see what happens now. I think this is continuing uh, soap opera with Mexican soccer. If if he can get the job,
1: by the way, Jaime Lozano, uh, as you well know, was interviewed in Houston, and I, and I know you were hoping that potentially he would get the job uh, based on the market and based on the history and the context of the Dynamo struggling. In the past, the Dynamo ultimately went with uh, Pat Onstad, and company went with uh, the general manager went with uh, Ben Olson. But um, well,
0: Nagamura first, I think Nagamura was the uh, uh, a year ago, and then now, obviously, yeah,
1: yeah, correct, correct. So we're it's r- Ben Olson r- now, but you're right, uh, Paulo Nagamura yeah. stepped in uh, initially. The Dynamo wanted Pablo Mastroeni. Um, How do you think Jaime Lozano would do in Major League Soccer? And would, would that be somebody that could move the needle in a market as far as excitement, him being a young coach?
0: I think so. And, and I think uh, certainly a league like MLF that gives you some patience to grow as a coach uh, would help him. Um, I do think it's a little bit ironic. Like you said, uh, interviewed by Houston, that's where his national team, uh, you know, his senior national team since starts. Uh, it ends in, in L.A. where he was reportedly also interviewed. Steve Cherundolo ultimately uh, got that job, and um, and I think we'll see. He recently he was a uh, in an interview, uh, I think it was on a, on a podcast where he was asked, and and he basically you know talked about uh, speaking with Javier Aguirre, you know the former uh, Mexico coach, and how you know the doors are sort of closed for the Mexican manager in MLS. Uh, I'd like to see them open a little bit more. I'd like to see guys like like him get a chance. Certainly, maybe the new era of Mexican coaches, uh, and yeah, certainly. Yeah. I think brings out excitement in the families and his players.
1: Yeah, well, it makes a lot of sense based on the amount of Mexican fans here. And let's face it, the Mexican national team is is the golden goose in CONCACAF. This is how all the money is earned. Um, and you would think that this would translate over into a few managers. But I do think that, you know, uh, there's a lot of hesitancy around the managers because of the league and, and coaches that are wanted and desired that know the MLS system and, and know the whole salary cap issues that, that occur. Santiago Jimenez scored the game winning goal in the final Feyenoord great player, uh, did not get to the world cup, uh, one that a lot of people were pining for, uh, is he now the heir apparent to, to Henry Martin and, and the striker position with the national team?
0: Um, that's ultimately for the for the coach to decide, right but I think so I think fans certainly been like like you said they were clamoring for him at the World Cup. he didn't get to go he wasn't on the on the final list. Uh, he's obviously been playing well in, in the Netherlands and we'll see if he jumps uh, to another league uh, here in um, you know in in the coming months but uh, yeah certainly you know a young player uh, maybe the, now the present of Mexico I think some people are putting it that way uh martinez obviously done a a good job right kind of maybe the sort of uh um stuff that doesn't get applauded as much right the hold, the play uh physicalness uh he's done well in liga mx uh i I certainly think there's a place for him on the squad but but certainly these are the two guys up top uh for this era and and we'll continue to see maybe some more coming up uh maybe no longer right the the argument between should it be chicharito should it be raul Jiménez. i think these are the guys now uh, that you move forward with. Yeah. That's
1: put to rest now. I would think, uh, not a question. All right. Um, Coco Karaskia winning the gold ball for Panama, uh, as the top player in the tournament. That's, that's pretty impressive from the young Panamanian. Now everybody's saying he's going to go six to 8 million to, to Europe. Uh, Matt Jordan <laughs> was the general manager of the Houston Dynamo. The gold cup has been in the case of Karaskia and others. What a wonderful platform and kind of shop window for some players that you know maybe are not playing in the top leagues in the world, but then get a lot of attention based on the scouts of all these clubs uh, really perusing this tournament.
0: Yeah, well, that's the way that Karaski uh, got to Major League Soccer uh, two years ago in the Gold Cup, played in Houston. That's where they got to have a, a close up look at him. Now, you know, I think certainly that game against the U.S. helped them here in nationally to get more more recognition, uh, you know, ironically enough, right. Cause I don't think there is enough eyeballs on him, uh, you know, from the MLS fan, maybe because of all the games going on at the same time, uh, certainly gets the recognition. And I think, uh, the, everyone has found out we already knew he's a great player. Uh, and maybe it's time now to make that next platform to, uh, to Europe.
1: He's Victor Arisa, the striker, Victor, as always, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. Great insight. Uh, on mexico and uh, we appreciate you as
0: always thank you glenn
1: all right that's victor Ariza. you can get his uh, writings at thestriker.com uh this is uh, presented by john daspit the daspit law firm soccer matters here on the horn in austin texas john daspit and the daspit law firm you need a personal injury attorney it's 512 call now 512 call now they are bilingual if you get in an accident also want to r- remind you of The Soccer Matters T-shirts and hats, all the proceeds go to the 501C Charity, the Snowdrop Foundation. You get your T-shirts at lamontbrands.com. By the way, Austin, for you Verde fans, we have a couple of shades of green. We'll take a break. We'll roll on here tonight. We'll keep it moving here, and we'll come back with Mexican international Pavel Pardo, who won a Bundesliga title with Stuttgart. Welcome back to Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas. Again, a reminder, LamontBrands.com. That is where you get the T-shirts and the hats from Soccer Matters, all the proceeds to the 501C Charity Snowdrop Foundation. Final segment here is a great one. Uh, Pavel Pardo, 146 caps for Mexico, developed at Atlas, uh, played under Marcelo Bielsa, Ricardo La also Club America, and then goes to Stuttgart in Germany and wins the Bundesliga. Rarefied air, along with Ricardo Osorio. Here's my interview with Pavel Pardo. Pavel, thank you so much uh, for coming on the program. And uh, I know you probably don't remember me, but I remember you, that's for sure. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Joe. Of course, I
2: remember. I remember in, in in one time, like, well, a couple times at one, as you said, it was with a bunch of uh, bags, and you helped <laughs> get into the hotel. I remember that. Always.
1: It was a good thing I had an SUV then because you were—I don't know if you were stocking your bar or your cabinets with with uh, stemware, but you were buying a lot of stuff at uh, a yeah. place called Creighton Barrel in Highland Village. But that was a great fun time.
2: I was I was buying enough stuff that and that one it was a uh, Old par whiskey as well. <laughs> ah, there you
1: go. And the uh, the interview brought to you by Old Par whiskey. All right,
2: so I'm really interested to
1: to kind of get your thoughts on Mexico under. Uh, you know Jaime Lozano right now?
2: Yeah, right now I I think uh, the team, for example, yesterday all the games that I were playing, I was in Dallas as well, enjoying the game, watching the game with, uh, of course, our partner old old part. It was really good. I think in this moment, you know, the energy that that we have, that that the national team shows. This is very interesting you know I think the you can see the players are playing very happy that for me this is the, the most important thing you know when the soccer player get into the field and enjoy the game and that's that I can see right now the nas- this national team with the Jimmy Lozano so the most important of course is you know to playing well but is their results i saw right now they they have the their first step to get into the final. And, well, the second step is they have to win the the, the final.
1: It'll be Mexico and Panama. We're talking to Pavel Pardo, brought to you by Old Par Whiskey. What's the difference between the modern-day national team and the national team from the days you played on it?
2: Well, I, I think always uh, for me, it's is, is difficult to compare, you know, because there, there are different times, different players, different personalities, uh, different characters. Because, you know, the one thing for me to get into the national team or to be part of the national team, uh, the most important thing is to have this character, to this, uh, you know, passion for, for your country, for your your nation. And, and it's difficult, you know, to compare. Oh, I remember this, for example, uh team, a national team in 1998 or oh, oh, 2006 or 1998, because uh, you were uh, in in Europe and in France and, and we tied in the last minute against the uh, Netherlands. Or, you know, uh, we were losing against Belgium and we tied the game. You know, with this powerful, with these great players—Córdoba, called Blanco, Jorge Campos, Claudio Suárez, eh, García Aspe, so many players, Luis Hernández—but right now, I think uh, uh, a lot of critics, you know, a lot of you know, the the journalists is, uh, of course, uh, uh, a lot of not good things because it's normal because when you have no results, that that's what I what I said is difficult, you know. So the, the players have to understand what is their role. But if you compare right now, for me, I can see, again, this team in this moment, they have a, like a, you can see that they, they are enjoying the game. And then for me, you can see a, a lot of chances. They create a lot of combinations uh, in the part of defensive. They are solid right now. So, but that is the the most important thing, you know, to create as a team, to play as a team. And every player has the a specific role in the positions, but they play as a, as a team right now. That's, that's I can see it right now, in this moment. He's
1: Pavel Pardo, brought to you by Old Par Whiskey. Pavel, the... the the difference between maybe the pressures on players now than even to your time period which really wasn't that long ago but the commercialization of the game the amount of money that's in the game um, do you think it's hard for some of these guys
2: that are younger to handle all of this now
1: yeah i think
2: uh, I, I, in one time i, I said one in interviews long long time i said it's it's very important you know the part of the business because it's important is business but the other part is the, the balance that is the, the, the part of sport, in this case, soccer. But if you don't have the balance, so one probably business is is more than the sport and then you're not in a balance. So I think in, in this moment, they have to think in this balance, you know, the, the federatives, you know, the directors uh, in charge of, of this business, of course, to get it. The balance. So, okay, we need to make money. We need to make business. Of course, it's, it's, it's important. But it is important in the power sport if, because you are in the same line, you are in the same part, in the same balance. The results is going to be better than right now. So, that's the, the I think that they are focused right now in, in doing this. And especially with the players, of course, we have to prepare to develop the young players or the players that they are in the national team, you know, to prepare that you have to, if you are in the national team, of course you are under pressure always because it's, it's normal. So any, any player in any nation, you, you are under pressure because you have your nation behind you waiting, look at you, like what are you going, are you going to do in the, in the, in the next, in the, in the next game. So, but we have to prepare the players as well. We have to give the tools to the players as well, you know. Like to work for me, uh, I think we have a lot of talent in the Mexican players, but we have to work more in the in the mindset, for example. This is in my opinion. So, But I think right now they are working in, in this uh, project. They are working for the next uh, World Cup that we, we want to have in in U.S., in Mexico, in Canada so but it's very important so this is the first step you know because it's important of course you know to get the connection to win so they have to win you know to get again this connection with the with the fans as well
1: pavel pardo brought to us uh, by Old par whiskey all right look you had 146 caps for mexico you played in two world cups i mean this is stuff that people dream of um we realize in America that the U.S. national team, as much as we love our national team, we're probably the second most popular national team here. How did you handle the intense scrutiny of the media, of the pressure that was on you when you were with the Mexican national team? Because somehow you must have had to deflect it and push some of it away, right?
2: Right, right. No, no, no. That's that's what I said. It's, it's, of, of course, it's difficult, you know? Because you know, you always you are under pressure, and and especially, of course, we have you know the rivalry with the US, but it's always good, you know, as a sport, but it's always in in the nation. Because don't forget that we we not forget that we have many Mexicans in US as well. So the identity with the national team with the players is like okay, it's part of. of my my country is part of my life. When I left my country and then and then came to US, you know, to 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 get a, a better job, a better life, whatever it is a, a, anybody right? But uh, to handle this is very important, as as you said. So that's the that's the point that that I that I, will, that I said that we had to prepare in the mindset. If you are good in this part, you can handle all these situations.
1: Pavel Pardo joining us here. uh, Amazing career. Atlas, Teco, Stuttgart. We're going to get into a little Stuttgart. Club America, obviously. And then came to Major League Soccer with the Chicago Fire in 2011. I mentioned 146 caps for Mexico. Okay, the upbringing in the game, and, and at the time you were at Atlas with all these players, and Atlas was considered one of the best at producing young talent we have a common friend, obviously, Efrain Flores. But just tell me what Atlas meant to you at that time period with, with Flores, and then of course Ricardo Lavolpe.
2: Yeah, of course, uh, and don't, and don't forget that before La Volpe was Marcelo Bielsa, that right now is the in the is the national coach of uh, Uruguay. In that time, for me, I always said in 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 some interviews, it was like a family. It was like. Uh, a lot of values you know when we started as I, when I was a young kid with my dream to, to be as a professional soccer player and as you said, it was an amazing academy youth academy with a lot of development in with the players and and you can see in the last captains of the national team, we were from we came from Atlas. Osvaldo Sanchez, Andrés Guardado, Rafa Marquez, Jared Borghetti, I, so many, many players. And it was a, a fantastic job with the Fred Flores, uh, José Luis Real in that time, you know. Uh, it was a a great moment. And now when when it's different times, and it was the, the championship and then the second championship B. You know, the, the championship, it was amazing for us as a, as a fan, of course, because we were as a fan. And I remember that time uh, in the first the first championship, I was in the stadium with my family, and it was amazing. We cried, everybody. But the second, it was, you know, sitting in, in my couch with my family, very calm, with a nice drink, with, a, of course, don't forget all part, you know, it was. <laughs> I enjoy the game with my fantastic uh, uh, drink that is a ginger ale with all parts and then, you know, enjoy the game. And of course, when your team wins, you know, it's just uh, fantastic. That is the perfect uh, life.
1: Stuttgart. Let me take you into Stuttgart because this was an amazing time period in your career. Not many Mexican players have gone to Europe and had a success and won a Bundesliga title. This is an amazing moment. You went there with Ricardo Osorio, but I mean, you're on a team with Sammy Kadira, Mario Gomez, and all these guys. Just take me into the whole experience in the Bundesliga, how you had to adapt, and how maybe the culture, uh, not only on the field, but off the field, you know, kind of shaped you and how you had to adapt to that in Germany.
2: Well, it's true. As you said, it was a fantastic time. Ricardo Osorio, after the World Cup, we came in, in Bundesliga, we came in Stuttgart. Uh, you know, the expectation it was in the beginning, you know, like uh we came, what are you doing here? Two Mexicans in the in the Bundesliga. I remember the first uh, conference uh room in we well, were in the conference room. Uh, I was in the conference and it was amazing. It was amazing because I said I said, "Hey, listen, I'm 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 here. I'm with the with uh to win, you know, the championship." And then all the all the journalists said, "Hey, listen, what 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 is what is what is the, what are you thinking?" I said, "My dream is to win the the Bundesliga. My dream is to get in the Champions League." And they said, "Hey, listen, how are you going to do that?" Because Probably you are crazy. You know, in the mind of the journalist, they said, this guy, this Mexican are crazy. I said, of course I know the Bundesliga. I know the leagues. I know Bayern Munich. I know Borussia Dortmund. I know Hamburg in that time. it was at the top. Uh, Berder Bremen. So many teams, I said, that is my dream. And it was crazy. And then I remember when it was like a very close in the end of the of the season that we have long seasons, and very, very close to win the championship. And it was amazing. The journalist came to me and I said, Pavel, remember the first day that you said this, this? Said, okay, we are very close, you know, to, 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 get in the, or to win the championship. It was an amazing time. Um, I learned, of course, the language that is very, in the beginning, it was very tough for me. And I said, hey, listen, I have to learn, you know, the, the German language. And honestly, I it was the best time in in my life, you know, to live there, to stay there, to of course to get in the in the Bundesliga, and it was it was amazing. Two
1: thousand and seven, uh, Pavel wins the Bundesliga title. I remember watching that on TV the last day, and it was amazing. I was pulling for you guys to win that thing, and you actually captained um, uh, Stuttgart as well, which is pretty amazing. Um, the holding midfield position—the position you play—I mean, I remember your set pieces and the, the way you strike a ball. But but the number six position, the holding position, does that seem like it has evolved a little bit to you in the modern game now, with with the way modern football is played? Yeah, yeah, no, no,
2: it, it's true. Like as as you said, I think in in that time, in my position as a holding midfielder or or as a number six, as you said. I think it was in the very advanced, you know, in in in, in that time. Because it was, a, of course, when the offensive it was not the really defensive, only middle field, you know, like a very defensive. But it was, you know, the connection when, when we had the ball, when we had the position of the ball, you know, to create more, you know, the connection as a midfielder to the offensive, to get in the like uh, deep passes or like uh, set pieces, like in, in that time, of course, it was uh, amazing. I think it was the success as well when when I was in Germany, you know, because not all the players in that position they have these characteristics, you know, with, with a good pass with set pieces, or you can you can get in a uh, deep passes and. I think I think I, I might totally agree with you in in that part.
1: Pavel Pardo joining us, brought to you by Olpar Whiskey. We really uh, appreciate this. After Stuttgart, obviously you go to Legendary Club America. You, how about a few words on your time at Club America?
2: Well, well, when when I was in in Club America, like you said, one of, one of the biggest uh, clubs in in Mexico, but uh, of course in, in Latin America. When when you ask a player in not in Mexico but all always, I mean also in in South America, they know Club America. We were playing Copa Libertadores as well, and it's one of the biggest clubs, and everybody knows. I said, oh, America in Mexico, yeah, it's a big club because we played as well uh, Copa Libertadores. So it was a great time because after Atlas, I just passed. Go through by Tecos, so one year, and then went to Club America, and Club America was one of the best um, seasons as well. We won two championships.
0: Uh,
2: in the, I remember when when I came to America, it was we were waiting thirteen years without championship. You know, it was it was a tough time because it was you know America. It's, it's a big team, a lot of championship in the in the beginnings or in the eras of eighties. And of course, you know, we were under pressure all the time. I said, okay, but right now no no titles, no titles, and we're waiting so 13 years, 13 years without titles, and it was it was difficult that time. And we get one in, in two thousand two and then the, the other one it was in, in two thousand five. So for me, it was uh amazing time because the two thousand five it was in the beginning of the World cup in two thousand and six we uh, play as world Copa confederaciones it was a great confederation Confederations cup with the with the with the national team and then it was the World cup so after World cup and then I played in, in stuttgart. But the time in, in, in America, it was fantastic because uh, we had players like Ivan Zamorano, you know, playing Real Madrid, playing in Inter Milan. Uh, Piojo Lopez, They was playing in Valencia, Lazio, America. Such a great players and, and great human beings. And he was uh, one of the best times as well in, in my career.
1: Pavel, thank you very much uh, for joining us uh, on behalf of Old Par Whiskey. Now, you said you like it with ginger ale. Is that the way to go, Old Par? I have to say, all
2: always these kind of titles. If you don't drink a whiskey, Old Par, with the the drink ginger ale, a little squeeze the orange, you know, and just drink it, it's amazing. You have to try it. You got me
1: thinking about it right now. I will try it. Pavel, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Not only an unbelievable soccer player, you're a good pitch man too for Old Par.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate your words.
1: All right. That's Pavel Pardo. What a great guy. And also what an unbelievable soccer player on behalf of Old Par Whiskey. All right. That does it tonight for Soccer Matters here on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com. 512 call now. Personal injury attorneys, John and his firm, they will handle your case. They'll work for you 24-7 nights and weekends. You need the best. You get the Daspit Law Firm. They'll handle your case, whether it's car, boat, motorcycle, 18-wheeler, You work construction, DaspitLaw.com. LamontBrands.com for your Soccer Matters T-shirts. Subscribe to the podcast at Spotify, Apple, and Google. Catch the show in Houston on Thursday nights at 7 o'clock Central Time. I'm Glenn Davis. Remember, soccer matters.